welcome to Overtime Hockey Talk. My name is Mark Paul, Justin Baker, my co-host, ready for the top 10 New York Rangers and the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, we are going to not, not, not co-mingle. We're not, not co-mingling. We'll, we'll, co-mingle. Keep, them separate. <laughs> we'll keep them separate. Uh, as you know, our last show, we did the top 10 Detroit Red Wings of all time and also the top 10 Nashville Predators. Uh, you can go back and, and listen to that. Uh, that's our, our last show. But here we are, Rangers and ducks we're gonna start with the new york rangers start with the classic team and then we'll go to uh, the little bit newer team at this point they're almost 30 years old so i don't know how how old New-ish. they really are in terms of some you know some other franchises but uh the new york rangers a storied history they've been around since the what the the 20s right so we've got a lot of players to choose from i don't know any of the players that played for them in the 20s <laughs> Yeah, we're not doing the New York Americans either. So. I, you know, I went back and I tried to listen to their old radio broadcasts. Did you really? No, no, no. no that sounds <laughs> awful. <laughs> what kind of, what kind, I wonder what kind of, uh, you know, unbiased analysis you'd get from old radio broadcasts. If you get any kind of analysis. True. Just, true. he passes the puck, he shoots, he scores. What? What did he just say? <laughs> Like I, I always take like an empty like cup or whatever, and I cut my mother. I'm like sounds like I'm on old time radio, and yeah, yeah, it's annoying. But there's old time radio. Okay, well let's just dive right into these lists because nothing's happening in the rest of hockey, so we're gonna make our own hockey. <laughs> this is our own <laughs> hockey. All right, number ten on your list. Number oh, no, let's talk about our our just missed. Oh, just missed. All right, our just missed. All right, well I got two guys on my just missed. First guy. Uh, maybe not so obvious. Um, Wayne Gretzky. Okay, he didn't make this. my top ten list of Rangers. Okay, I mean, granted, he did spend three seasons there. Uh, he had two of them, ninety points each. So pretty, pretty dang good seasons. Fantastic seasons. It yeah. is hard. It, like if if Gretzky played for the Columbus Blue Jackets and had three great seasons, <laughs> right. he'd be on the list. Absolutely. But the New York Rangers do have quite a few great players yeah. that have played for them. Uh, right. And okay. the other guy, uh, probably. Uh, one of the better defensemen, in, well, I, at least I think, and I know you recently have proclaimed your love for this guy's abilities on the defensive end, but Ryan McDonough on my just missed. Okay. I didn't even consider Ryan McDonough yeah. for the list. Okay. So I, as, I as, loved it. He's a good defenseman. Yeah. yeah. I, I don't think that he's great. Like, he's not in this list of greats. Okay. Fair enough. Maybe if Ryan McDonough had played for the Atlanta Thrashers, I'd put him on the top list. <laughs> Atlanta Thrashers. If, if, if Which we will like, do, by the way, and not include... Any current Winnipeg Jets. It's just going to be guys that played for the Atlanta Thrashers. <laughs> Nick Antropov, you are going to make my list. Kovalchuk already Kovalchuk penciled in number one. list in that. But, yeah. <laughs> uh, my number 10 is, or sorry, my just missed. Adam Graves missed my list. Okay. Wow. Adam Graves played, I think he played seven or eight seasons with the Rangers. Pretty good uh, hockey player. I, I think he benefited from the players around him more so, you know, playing on Messier's wing and, and more so from, from the players he played with. A really nice player, uh, always felt more like a complimentary piece to me, and I, I would put him, you know, in the, in the grand scheme of things, he's your maybe you know if you if you're like all right who's who's the greatest of the greats in, in Washington Capitals you're you know you're probably not gonna yeah you might say Nicholas Backstrom but it's definitely Ovechkin is jumping him based on you know who he's sure. played with. So I, I just see him more as a complimentary piece. Uh, so he missed my list. Harry Howell missed my list. He played the most games as a Ranger, 1,160. believe he's a defenseman. Um, just didn't 
did, uh, the research that I did on him, I just felt like he was kind of one of those guys that played for a really long time, was a good player, lots of longevity, but ultimately didn't do anything uh, really worth speaking about in terms of this top 10 list. And also Phil Esposito misses my list. He, I he, did consider him as he well. He did have yeah. some good seasons with the Rangers. Uh, did have a really nice playoff one year. I think he had 20 points in 18 games in the playoffs with the Rangers in the late 70s. Uh, but I just I felt like that time the Rangers were pretty bad for most of the years that he was there. They missed the playoffs quite a few years. And uh, other than that one nice playoff run, didn't do a lot to, uh, to cement into the list. With that said, let's go to our number 10. Number 10 for me, a guy that made your just missed, Adam Graves. Okay, Adam Graves. Yeah, and now I, I would agree with you. I do think he was a complimentary player, but I do think in terms of you know what guys are capable of doing, I think there's a place for those guys, and I think they also complement the superstars that they're complimenting. I mean, you know, you can equally say that maybe Messier doesn't have the same sort of success in a Rangers uniform without a guy like Adam Graves. And uh, granted, I mean... Messi is the guy that did stir the drink, but uh, for a guy that's number 10 in all-time points for Rangers at 507, to me, he's number 10. Yeah, uh, he played 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11 years with the Rangers. So Not too shabby. Not too shabby, but I mean, a lot of those years, I mean, you're looking at like there's years, you know, he had 35 points in 97, 98, 58. Like he had some, he had some fine years, you know, 93, 94, the year they won the cup. He had 79 points, 52 goals, along with 127 penalty minutes. <laughs> That's pretty impressive. And in the playoffs, he had 10 goals, 17 points. Yeah. And I did read a lot too. He was a, a big leader on that team. Uh, but again, you know, you can definitely see by the stat line when there was that successful Rangers team with Messier right. there early. His points no, were I mean, a no bit question. more inflated, but yeah, uh, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fight you on the fact that he's on your list. Okay, he just didn't make mine. My number ten is Brad Park. Okay, uh, he's played, a little higher on mine. But. Played 465 games for the Rangers, uh, 378 points, and for in terms of defensemen, the you know, .183 points per game. Uh, it's extremely high for a defenseman. And he played there in the beginning of his career. He really went on to have a lot of his team success. Maybe later on with the Bruins kind of maybe found his place a little more. Like I think when you think of Brad Park, you think of him on the Bruins. Yeah. Uh, but did start his career and played eight years with the, uh, well, yeah, kind of seven and a half was traded 13 games into the season, uh, but had a, an 82 point and a 73 point season with the Rangers in the early 70s. So, you know, all in all, really nice player for them. Yeah. And, but just didn't ultimately do anything as a range. Like, there wasn't a whole lot of, I mean, yes, there was playoffs, but a lot of that is because every team made the playoffs. Right. <laughs> I was going to say, they were a pretty mediocre team back then in the 70s. Uh, not a whole lot to write home about, not a lot of success. So. Yeah, it looks like they. I mean, they they made it past the first round a couple times, but uh, and he did have a couple nice playoffs, but ultimately they didn't win the cup. He did win the cup with the Bruins. He's probably higher on my Bruins list because of it. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was my number nine um, for a few of the reasons you laid out. And funny little fact, well, he didn't win the Stanley Cup. I lied. With the Bruins? I don't think he did. I think he did. Anyways, uh, that's up for debate. Anyways. <laughs> not debate that's a factual thing um yeah so brad park funny little thing when he i think it was when he had his 82 point season finished third in the norris voting and 
I, I start to think, I'm like, okay, you know, I, I know we weren't into the super high scoring years of defensemen like Paul Coffey in the 80s with the Oilers and things like that. But, um, you know, for finishing third, I mean, come on, more than a point per game, I figured a guy would have been right up there a little bit higher, maybe number two, if anything. But I think those were what the years Bobby Orr started taking over. So sure. And just just to clarify, he did make the Stanley Cup finals in 1972 with the Rangers, Ooh. which is when the Bruins won the Stanley Cup. Right. Uh, he never made he never won the cup with the Bruins, made it to the Stanley Cup finals three times. OK. Bru- uh, OK. Two times, three times. Two times. Two times. Okay, there cool. we go. Uh, you're number nine. That was my number nine, Brad Park. Oh, who's your so, number? Oh, your number ten. So we're on your number nine. My number nine yes. is Wayne Gretzky. All right. Hello, uh, Wayne Gretzky. Obviously, he's not. You know, Adam. Adam Graves. You know, you look at the list. He's he's tenth all time in scoring for the Rangers. It's just that's a that's a solid list. Uh, Gretzky nowhere to be found in terms of the top ten, but the fourth most points per game, two hundred forty nine points in two hundred thirty four games. In the late 90s, when scoring was just gone. Dropping out. And he was getting destroyed. Like I, I can remember a lot of people talking about how the Rangers need to get someone to protect Gretzky because guys were just hacking at him. I, I think I, That's the reason why Gretzky retired, I think, was that he just was... It, like If Gretzky was playing now, I think he would have played into his 40s. Dude, I, you think about it, right? He had 2,800-some points. And he he retired at what twenty eight ninety four I think twenty eight okay yeah. yeah so you think he could have played a couple more years yeah exactly you think right 3, retiring at thirty eight plays a few more years he could have broken three thousand points easily yeah I think in his final season he he had over seventy points yeah, yeah or he had sixty two points yeah, 62. only nine goals but I mean it's, it's one of the the only it might be the only season where he didn't manage a point per game pace so yeah yeah <laughs> kind of kind of pretty insane. impressive to. Even, that. even the lockout year, he managed exactly a point per game. And that year, he was... Uh, there was there was In 92-93 was his injury-hampered year. But that's the year that they went to the Stanley Cup final. It was. <laughs> he was. I think he was going through a lot of back stuff. But 65 points in 45 games, pretty solid. So, I mean, I, yeah, I don't think anyone's going to fight me for Gretzky being on that list. Nope. I know the Rangers didn't do a whole lot in the years that he was on the Rangers. They only made the playoffs one time. Uh, they went to the third round, and he did have 20 points in 15 games. But the other two years, they missed the playoffs, and so ultimately not a whole lot doing for Gretzky, but I feel like he has to be on a list if he's on your team, unless you're the Blues. He doesn't get to be on the Blues <laughs> list. Uh, I think he only played 18 games for them. So Gretzky's, Gretzky makes my list number nine. Okay, on to number eight then. Shall I take it? Sure. All right. Yamir Yager. He's my number eight as well. Dude, all right. Exactly number eight. Butte. I mean, what more can be said about a guy that leads the Rangers in all-time point per games, which is which is another funny thing, too. Like, not necessarily point per game, but I was just looking at the points total for, like, players for Rangers. And at number 10, 500, right? We talked about Brad Park. For an original six franchise, as old as they are, and their number 10 all-time score only has 500 points, that seems a little dismal to me. I mean, they only have one 1,000-point one, 1, yeah. score. Yeah. It, I, I just... It seems like a lot of guys just kind of have... Went in and, out. in and out. out of that. Yeah, game. no superstars hanging around for a long time. And, yeah. But, yeah, so uh, number eight for both of us, Yamri Yager. I, uh, he, he was, in again, part of the, those late 90s teams of the Rangers that just... Well, early 2000s, right? Right. Was it? The early 2000s. 
Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, you're right. Because <laughs> he was like, late I think 90s. he won the Hart Trophy in in 19. I'm thinking Gretzky. Yeah, and uh, then he was he was with the Rangers in 0304. Right, right, right. Yeah, um, and, then, and then after the lockout for three more years. Right. Yeah. So a team that made the playoffs three times during his tenure there. And I mean, Grant, they didn't go deep, but they did go a couple rounds for a few of those. And uh, he did perform admirably. So I can't say, you know, he was to blame for any of those. But, you know, they weren't on any powerhouse stack teams for the Rangers. So, um, you know, he he was the guy there. He was the straw that stirred that whole team. And um, yeah, they never I mean, really when they signed him. It was a huge deal. It was. It was a huge deal. So, uh, yeah, it's. This is a guy that was fantastic. still in his prime, though, at, at early right. 30s. So It's not his problem that they didn't have a good team right. around him. <laughs> you know. um, okay, you're number seven. Number seven, Jean Rattel. Okay. All right, Jean Rattel. Third yeah. highest scoring Ranger of all time. He is a little higher on my list, but 817 points. Oh. Yeah, not not too shabby for a guy that only played 861 points as a Ranger or 100 games. I'm sorry, as a Ranger. So, uh, yeah, pretty successful guy. I, I unfortunately didn't never really got to watch much of him, but so I'm just going on what I see on paper, and to me, that's why maybe he isn't a little higher. Yeah, he's actually on NHL's top 100 players. Is he? Yes, I know he is. Yeah, so of course. That's, he's so, I mean, that's that's uh, why he's a little higher on my list. Okay. Um, I have Rod Gilbert next, who is the highest scoring New York Ranger of all time. I do have Rod Gilbert just one spot ahead of okay. him at six. Uh, so 1,021 points, over 400 goals. He, he is by far the most goals scored. Uh, Jean Rattel is second. He's yeah. about 70 goals behind, but... And that's why I gave him the edge, the slight edge there. But and, and that's fair. I I just my thought was I actually have Rattel a little bit higher, even than you Ooh. have Rajo Bear. Uh, Rattel, I think, being a center, uh, I just from what I'm reading that I mean, there's a reason why. All right, Rajo Bear obviously he had more points, uh, not on the top 100 list of players, and I think the reason why was because the thought is that Rattel was the better player fed off of Rattel and so uh, I'll give the the nod to him based on also you know he just didn't play for the New York Rangers uh, quite as long he ended up another guy along with Brad Park in the same year goes to the Boston Bruins and uh, continues to have a, like has a very successful uh, in 95 96 he had over 100 points 90 of them with the Bruins that year, 94 the next year, 84 the year after that. So he continued to be successful uh, after he left the uh, the New York Rangers. Ended up with almost a point per game over uh, almost 1,300 games played. Just shy of a point per game. So I think ultimately the better player, maybe, you know, all right, I, Roger Bear, he stayed with the Rangers longer. He scored more points. So it's fair to, to maybe put him ahead as New York Ranger. I just think... Jean Rattel is a better player. It's a fair argument uh, yeah. to go either way. So Roger Bear is my number seven. Okay. Jean Rattel is your number seven. You've got... Got Rod at number six. Rod at number six. I actually have Mike Richter at number six. Do you? Yes. Okay. Uh, Mike Richter. You know, honestly, my best memory of Mike Richter is the 1996 World Cup. I was going to say. Between Canada yeah. and the U.S. and Mike Richter. It was like Cujo against Richter. And that's old school. That that was a <laughs> that was a phenomenal series. Uh, but the yeah, the Mike Richter just he carried them in 1994, brought them to the Stanley Cup final as a rookie. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure he was. I, he was I, well. He was young in his. He, he was definitely a, a youngster. That let's see. Yeah, and I mean second second all time in wins for New York Rangers. He had three hundred and one wins. Uh, just a very solid solid goaltender yeah. and and you know you get those guys who play for the same team for their whole career like he's got to be on that list you know he played ironically 666 games for the new york that's Rangers. crazy uh never played a game for another team that that's a and you know he made the playoffs eight times and uh won the stanley cup once went to the Third round once, not a whole lot of playoff success, but that's kind of the story for the New York Rangers. Yeah, I, I so think you so can't too, really fault the goaltender on the on that necessarily. But no, the late nineties they didn't they didn't have much. It sort of dwindled down. And yep. So ultimately, Mike Richter does he make a lot of other teams lists? I don't think so. Maybe not. But because when I think of the like, a they won the Stanley Cup with them, so that's that's fair. Um, yeah, there's a little legacy to go with that 94 Cup champion I, that I think just sort of cements yeah. them a little bit higher in Rangers fork, folklore. Yep. He won the Stanley so. Cup. They're only Stanley Cup since I've been alive. Yeah. They're only Stanley Cup since a lot of people that I know have been alive. Because <laughs> yeah. I think it's 94 and 54, right? It's Yeah. It, so, it was a drought. So uh, And it continues to... It's another drought. <laughs> just not as long as the Leafs. Womp womp. Okay. Oh. Uh, so he's my number six. And then I have... Jean Rattel at number five. Who's your number five? Mike Richter. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so we basically had those three guys just kind of swapping them. Yeah, and maybe it's a, it's a little goalie love for me, maybe a little bit. Okay. But, you know, I just, I, when I think of Mike Richter, I think of that goalie mask, man, that Statue yep. of Liberty right on the front. Yep. Just sweet mask. Felt and comfort. That's probably the difference between, like, if we were both 50 years old, we would probably say, like, Jean Rattel would, and, and right. Joe Bear would be way above Richter, and he might be further down the list. Sure. Gretzky might even be higher up some people's lists. Uh, I mean, when you look at Richter's stats, they're really, you're like, okay, scoring was down, therefore goaltending should have been, like, should have been a little easier. And he still barely has a 900 save percentage, yeah. 904, and a 289 goals against average. So definitely not amongst the upper echelon of goaltenders, but... He won the Stanley Cup for them. That's very true. Yeah, I've seen some lists where they have him a little higher up at like three or four and stuff. That's but crazy. I just I couldn't I couldn't yeah. go that high with a guy like that because no. of those stats. Who's but. your number four? Number four is Andy Bathgate. To me, okay. uh, a legendary Ranger. I actually have his rookie card. Do you really? And it's worth a lot of money, and I like it. I would like to know exactly how much that's worth. To be quite honest, uh, I'll find it. Yeah, please do. Uh, yeah, what's what's not to be said about Andy Bathgate? <laughs> what's not to be said? Never uh, watched him play, but he's also another guy on the on the top 100 players for the Rangers. I probably pound for pound the be, like the best player to play out his whole career. Like I think probably better than Jean Rattel, better than Roger Bear, uh, and played so much of his career with the Rangers. 719 games. Yeah, and just finishing over a point per game too at 729. Especially when like goal scoring definitely in the fifties was was way down. I mean, and he had a he had a forty goal season. He had a thirty goal season. A couple thirty goal seasons. So yeah, definitely a guy who was who was uh, stirring the drink, as you say, and won a Stanley Cup with the New with York your Rangers. Leafs, not the Rangers. Oh, he didn't win a Stanley no Cup with your there. Leafs. But sixty three, sixty four, they won the Stanley Cup in fifty four. He didn't start playing with them till fifty. Oh, wait. No, he was playing with them in 50, 52. Yeah. Well, let's see. Hold on. Let's Maybe see. the Rangers didn't win. Am I thinking of 44? Nah, Maybe. Was it 44? 
is when it was. Yeah, I'm gonna not, not 1954. Up. It was 1944. Say, he only played 20 games though in 54 with the Rangers. So, um, yeah, unfortunately, uh, yeah, they yeah never really had much of a much playoff history. Only only seven years making the playoffs, but obviously that's that's not his fault. Um, but it had great regular seasons. I, I would agree. He's high, actually higher up on my list. Uh, based on especially, you know, people that actually can watch him and, and know what they're talking about in terms of his actual play. Sure. He's in the top 100 players. And so I think based on the amount that he played for the Rangers, he played what, over 10 seasons, 12 seasons for the Rangers. He's a little higher on my list. Uh, Mark Messier is my number four, actually. Ooh, okay. He's my number three. Okay, yeah. I See, I, I struggled with Marc Messier, and the reason why I... 691 points in 698 games, fantastic. Not to mention almost a penalty minute per game, too. <laughs> 667 <laughs> penalty minutes as well. That's crazy. Uh, obviously, he was, you know, maybe the, maybe the most famous New York Ranger. The guarantee. Like, I, I mean, probably you go around and you ask people, like, who is... Who's your favorite New York Ranger of all time? There's probably quite a few people who will say Marc Messier. Absolutely. Probably a lot. So him being higher on a list, that's fine. He only played six years there. Yeah, which is why I, I couldn't justify putting him any higher. Well, he played six, and then he played, actually, he played another four later in his career. Uh, he did he actually did okay. Uh, so I guess he played 10 years there. Yeah, but, but still. Just made couldn't. the playoffs only five times in his, in his 10 years as a Ranger, and... Yeah, 93-94. I mean, the guy had 30 points in 23 games. That's pretty good. That's that's phenomenal. I mean, when's the last time somebody had 30 points in the playoffs? Oh, uh, yeah, that's like, Well, I think Sidney Crosby. Sidney Crosby had 30? Yeah, we'll I think he did that. at one time. But uh, yeah, I mean, after So he's not on your list? No, 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 he's oh. he's <laughs> Yeah, no. He's he's number 3 on my list. Oh, he's number 3. Uh yeah, I couldn't put him higher though because he, you know, granted, yeah, he did play 10 seasons, but I think after that that guarantee the year when they won the cup after that it just it sort of you could see it sort of you know tailing off a well, little and bit then because he ended up going to Vancouver and right. it was kind of a fail and it was, but you you look at the rest of the NHL around them they were starting to, you know, play this different style of, you know, not so much as a high tempo game anymore and the Rangers just never really adjusted to that, and yeah. I don't think uh, you know it worked out in their favor because, as you as you can tell, they just didn't really have any success afterwards. So, well, yeah, they were signing guys like Peter Nedved to these huge <laughs> deals. Um, okay, so my number four is Messier. My number three is Messier. your number three is Messier. So who's your number three? My number three is your boy Henrik Lundqvist. Okay, my third best all time New York Ranger. Uh, I will say this. I'm glad he at least made your top three. <laughs> he did make my top three. Uh, some of this is, I, I mean, he the guy almost has, he'll probably have four, 500 wins by the time his career is over. Uh, now, I'll say this. Rangers are maybe headed into a time of harvesting here. Like they've been, they've definitely been planning. And so now is the sowing. I guess so. Maybe he ends up higher on this list by the end of his career. Let's say the Rangers have a couple really nice playoff runs with him as their starting goaltender in the back end of his career. That could maybe push him a little bit higher. As far as I'm concerned, they've had one really nice run, maybe uh, maybe a couple if you consider his conference finals, yeah. but one run to the Stanley Cup finals, they lose to the Blackhawks. 
And really, other than that, not a lot of playoff success. I know I've been saying that's not his fault, which is true. Uh, but I, I just think that there's better players ahead of him. And yeah, there's better players ahead of him. I mean, it, it's it sucks when you're trying to compare like goaltenders to to actual skaters, right? Agreed. Because you're yes. looking at apples versus oranges, and it's harder to compare stats when you're like, oh, what's a you know nine twenty career save percentage versus eleven hundred points? Well, like, and it's also it's not even like we're talking about somebody who also played alongside him, you know, who is more impactful. Right. We're talking. I have Andy Bathgate at number two, so we're talking about two guys that played fifty years apart totally you know totally different i mean people don't know of course you know you might be sitting there going dude henrik longfist like screw this andy bathgate guy get him lower on your list <laughs> henrik longfist is the guy but when i you know when as i can as far as i'm concerned best dressed ranger in history oh absolutely <laughs> absolutely uh, yeah he yeah i mean and and for a lot of teams he would be the top player oh absolutely you yeah know? Yeah, he'll end up going down as one of the the best goaltenders in NHL history. I think he'll be up there. Maybe not top 10, maybe not top 20, but he'll be up there in terms of when you say all-time greats, you could throw his name in there. But the the only problem is the lack of success in the playoffs, right? You know, not getting that that Stanley Cup in his career so far has kind of pushed him down into that that next tier of, you know, great goaltenders. And so um, it's hard to justify a guy being higher on a list. And I think for me, he... He came in at number two on my list. And, you know, maybe if he had a Stanley Cup ring to go with it, maybe then I could push him to number one. But it's kind of hard to without the success to follow it. I mean, yes, he does have a Vesna. You know, he's got some hardware to go along with it, a lot of all-star appearances. But, again, it's just... Interesting that he just has one Vesna. Yeah. Granted, you know... Well, I mean, you in, compare in some goalies is, that played in the original six where they're like... Oh, Jacques Plante has eight Vesnas. Well, yeah, because there were six other exactly. goalies, that's or the five thing. other goalies that were <laughs> right. up for it. So, yeah, if you're better than five other guys, then you win the Vesna every time. But yeah, I still remember that series against Tampa Bay, though, in the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, he he took that team on his back, and I remember just that game-winning goal when he's trying to you get the blocker reaching out to try to grab, and just it still breaks my heart to this day because I did want the Rangers, especially against Chicago too. I wanted them to to beat Chicago. I hated Chicago at the time. I'm sure you did so, as a Red Wings fan. Yeah. yeah. Just did not did not care for Jonathan Taves' beard, so I did not want that man lifting a cup. But scraggly <laughs> beard. Uh, so my number two is Andy Bathgate. Your okay. number two is Longquist. Longquist. Yeah. So then our number one is likely the same. I w- I hope so. Derek Stepan. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Brian Leach is yes is uh, I think both our number ones. Brian Leach definitely the best defenseman to ever play for the Rangers. Probably the best American defenseman to ever play the game. Yeah, you can make the argument for Chelios, but I think at the end of the day. Definitely different types of defense. Yes. I, I guess in terms of offensive defensemen, puck moving. Oh, without a doubt. Then, yeah. Then, and I mean, he, w- he went about his business quietly, too. Like, he wasn't flashy when he played, but he got it done. I mean, 981 points in 1129, so 869 points per game. That's, for a defenseman, for a defenseman that's freaking awesome. That's that's great. Especially like we talked about in the 90s when scoring was down. Not to mention, the, like the 240 goals is nothing to ba- to balk at. I mean, that's ninth all time for the Rangers in goals. Wow. For def- and, and for a defenseman to be on that list, the next highest is uh, Ron Greshner, who played almost 1,000 games and had 179 goals. Jeez, yeah. Two Norrises, got next, the Smite. 
the next highest defenseman, I don't even know where they are because <laughs> there is no defenseman with more goals than 112, and that is how high this list goes that I have of all-time 50. scores. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so there's only two defensemen on that list of most points or most most uh, most goals. I guess James Patrick is probably the next highest who had 104 goals. So Wow. Yeah, so to be to be anywhere on that list in, in terms of defensemen is, is impressive. So. Uh, yeah, and won a bunch of, won some Norses. Yeah, How two many, of them. Two Norses. Two Norses and one Conn Smythe, like I said. Just, but, uh, you know, it's... Yeah, he won that Conn Smythe in 94. He did. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you could have easily Messier. given it to Messier or even Richter at that Messier point. Messier had 30 points and he yeah, didn't win that's, it. That shows you the impact that Leach had on the game during the playoffs. I mean, yeah, I, I mean, yeah he, in 91-92, he had 102 points. <laughs> yeah. Le- yeah. Um, Brian Leach, though, 34 points. Oh, 34 so points. Eat that up, Messier. <laughs> wow. 34 points. I don't know for the last a defenseman. time. Yeah. I, that for a defenseman. Is, is that the most points ever for a defenseman? I'm going to look it up. In the playoffs. Yeah, look that up. And while you do, there's our list, the New York Rangers. Tweet at us at OT Hockey Talk. Let us know what you think of our list. Uh, with that said, we are going to quickly move over to the Anaheim Ducks. The Anaheim Ducks have a much Shorter history, but in fairness, they've won the Stanley Cup the same amount of times since the Anaheim Ducks have come into existence. To answer the question real quick before we get going, uh, only one other person has Paul scored. Paul Yes. You, I mean, that was pretty obvious. In the 80s when everyone was scoring. 84, 85, 37. Okay. So, there you go. That'll never be beaten. Not a, not a chance that no, will ever Next be closest, beaten. Al McKinnis in 89 with the Flames with 31, and then it drops off also into the 30. mid-20s. Yeah. I mean, mid twenties for playoffs, just in general, is great. Even for a forward, for a forward, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah if you're a defenseman and you end up with a point per game in the playoffs, you're doing something right. Uh, okay, on to the Anaheim Ducks. Uh, I will start this list off with my just missed. Uh, I'm going to start off with John Gibson. Didn't think he's played enough games for the team yet. As, okay, uh, both Jonas Hiller and Frederick Anderson. And among some other goaltenders who I, I have on my actual list have played more playoff games and won more games uh, in the playoffs. And so he uh, he misses my list. I think he's won 100 and what do we have? Uh, 119 games. So two guys ahead of him, Jonas Hiller and then or three guys ahead of him. Uh, but then also playoff success. John Gibson hasn't had much. And so. I think he went to the conference finals that one, the one year, right? Was he their goaltender when they went to the conference finals? Yes, he was. Yeah. So and they lost to Nashville. So he misses my list along with Jakob Silverberg. Uh, you know, you wouldn't think Jakob Silverberg would even be in contention, but ultimately, when you look at this team's goal scoring, he is ninth all time and or eighth all time in goal scoring, and uh, in terms of goals goals per game, he's. Uh, Actually, pretty low, <laughs> but he, he does ninth all time in, in goals, and uh, he's up there in, in points too. Two hundred and thirty three points. He's eleventh all time in, in points, so he misses my list. He was on some people's lists, that's why I'm I'm addressing it. And then uh, Bobby Ryan, sixth all time in scoring. I just don't think that he should be on this list. Was he a product of playing with Perry and I mean, yeah, gets he, laughed more than anything. I, I think so, but. I I also just I think that he, you know, the way that he went out and the way that he played in Ottawa, like I just think there's some sort of there's something tainted to him, and 
I, I just don't think that he needs to be on this list. I mean, he he played 378 games for the Ducks, uh, which does that's 21st all time. Uh, but I think there's just there's more deserving players ahead of this. So, uh, with that said, you're just missed anybody? Yeah, my just missed. I got John Gibson on there too. Okay. Um, I was with you. I, I really wanted to put him on there because I do think I think he will be on. Yes, when it's all said and done, I do think he will end up being one of the top ten. Uh, you know best ducks of all time and i'm still going to refer to them as the mighty ducks because that still pisses me off to this day these guys are the mighty ducks they are some of them are ducks and greatest jerseys of all time by the way i will argue that the third jersey where the duck is smashing through the wall oh my gosh remember that one i do yeah that's ugly (laughs) i love that i I had a hockey card of uh i think it was paul korea maybe and there was just or maybe it was like oh like tevardovsky or something tevardovsky (laughs) Anyways, <laughs> all right. Yeah, he's on that list. Um, yeah, Bobby Ryan was another guy I I juggled with a little bit, but ultimately I did think his success was more on the back of other players around him, um, as we've seen with his time in Ottawa. I mean, granted, he is a, you know probably more aligned with a forty point player, but you know his numbers were a little skewed in in Anaheim, and I think it came back down to reality. Clearly, he just paid off for him. Yeah, it did. Yeah, you score 30 goals for four straight seasons, and then Ottawa's like, oh, we'll give you $7.5 million. Uh, anyways, so he, he made my just missed, and so did Rob Niedermeyer. Uh, Niedermeyer's more of uh, our heart and soul type of player. Yep. Uh, yeah. Third-line guy that just... It came in there a little bit. He was he was there and basically just won a cup. He, yeah, he, he signed did. with them <laughs> to, to play with his brother, right? So. Yeah, he did. But I, I loved him watching him play, and so I, I maybe that was just more of a just watching that guy play and just loved seeing him on the ice. So... Number 10, though, maybe a little bit of a surprise for me, but uh, Chris Kunitz. Chris Kunitz, yeah. it's You know, a lot of people forget that his career started with the Anaheim Ducks. Yeah, a lot of people, you know, probably focus a little bit more of his time when he was with Pittsburgh. Um, you know, maybe, you know, not as much success as other guys, but, you know, close to 200 points in his time there. and uh, you 11th all-time yeah. in, uh, in goals with 81. <laughs> Yeah, and he he did. I mean, he literally came in and won the Stanley Cup and then peaced out, right? So, uh, it pretty much, like yeah. It. He played. He played. So he was on the Ducks, and then during the lockout year, he played for their AHL team, and then he ended up playing for the Atlanta Thrashers, and then he ends up back on the Ducks and puts up forty-one points in sixty-seven games, yeah. and then yep, sixty points in eighty-one games, scored twenty-five goals, and in those playoffs when the Ducks won the Stanley Cup. He uh, he was a little hurt, but he had one goal. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. he did win the Stanley Cup. He did, yeah. So a, uh, good a on him. Four-time Stanley Cup champion. Yeah, Kunitz. He 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 bolted at the right time and went to Pittsburgh, and then had some good success for with them. And congrats on him. He's retired now. He's gonna. I think he's with the uh, the Chicago staff now as yes. a scout yep. or something. Yep. Right. Uh, he didn't make my list. I just didn't think that he. That's fair. better than than some of these guys. Uh, I have Steve Ruchin at number 10. Ooh. Uh, Steve Ruchin, if you don't know who he is, he was the guy who centered Paul Correa and Timu Solani. So absolutely did he benefit from them. Yes, uh, but he also was a guy who, uh, he was more the, you know, he was 6'2", 209. He was, he was a little bit bigger of a guy. He, he didn't pick up a lot of penalty minutes. But he used his body. He was the guy who would go into the corners for those guys and and uh, get in front of the net, and it worked. Like you, you really you need a guy who is different than your other two players to make that work. Like Solani and Korea, that's who everybody thinks of. 
But Steve Ruchin, big reason why those guys worked. And he was, uh, from what I remember, a really good face-off guy as well. And so uh, that that always helps. Uh, his best season was in 96-97. He put up 67 points. Uh, but he played for the Ducks for uh, 10 years, 10 seasons. Okay. So a pretty impactful guy. And was was there almost from the beginning. He was actually taken... Yes, he was he was taken in the supplemental draft, second overall. So, all right, good deal. Uh, he he's got a couple he's a couple spots higher on my higher. list, but uh, yeah, number nine for me. I've got Francois Beauchemin. Okay, yeah. Francois Beauchemin didn't not, make my list. Yeah, not the flashiest of guys when you talk about point totals, but to me, uh, this was more or less because I got to watch quite a bit of him as a Red Wings fan. Um, 14th all-time in points. Yes. 196, so there's he, uh, only three defensemen ahead of him on that list. Yeah, was never a guy known for scoring, um, but he quietly played just rock-solid defense back there. And, I, I mean, he was he was one of those guys, he was a leader on and off the ice. He just, he was reliable. And I, to me, that that weighed a lot into my decision just because, you know, he, he led to a lot of successful seasons for the Ducks just because he could be relied upon. And then, of course, when he got a little older, a little slower, and the NHL started to change, obviously he saw his way out and went to Colorado and, you know, was... He, he goes to Colorado and, and Toronto. Yeah, and wasn't... They, well, he ended up coming back to Anaheim yeah, after yeah. Toronto. But, yeah, I mean, he wasn't too unsuccessful in either of those teams. No, and, so. and in their playoff run, he did have eight points. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, when they, when they won the Stanley Cup, eight points in 20 games. Uh, really, his by far his best best playoff, I think. Uh, well, the year before, he had nine points in 16 games. So he definitely rose to the occasion. So that's, that's fair. Didn't make okay. my list. Uh, my number nine is another defenseman for the Anaheim Ducks, and it's Cam Fowler. Okay. I thought about him, too. And um, Cam Fowler, seventh all-time in scoring for the Ducks. Uh, 620 games for the Ducks, which is fourth all-time. For the Ducks, uh, most amongst defensemen, a barely eclipsing Ruslan Soleil. If you remember Ruslan Soleil, uh, I, I just Cam Fowler. You know, he he may not have been a part of the best teams. You know, he's he's kind of been the Ducks have kind of been in this place where they're good one year and they're not the next, and they they kind of have had these like they dip for a while and then they come back strong, and then they dip again and they come back strong. And uh, Cam Fowler, a guy who. When he was drafted, I don't, I don't know if you remember um, his draft year, uh, he went 12th overall in 2010, but a lot of people had him like 6th, 7th, and it was watching – so I think some people had him 3 or 4, and it was this big slide, like where's Cam Fowler going to land, and they end up, I, I think, getting a, a steal of a guy at number 12 who was coming nice, you know, nicely and, and really – you can put anybody with him. They're, they're going to play well. He's a good defenseman. Granted, is he on a list if you're talking about the Chicago Blackhawks? No. Right. But the Ducks, in terms of defensemen, and defensemen who have played there for a long time, uh, I think that that definitely tips it in his his favor as well. Okay. that That's fair. Um, he's a guy for me that I remember not being very responsible uh, defensively early on in his career, but it's, sure, it's rounded yeah. out. Yeah. And he, he looks like just how many defensemen are really good in their own zone early on in their right. career. That's very true. Very true. It's a hard, it's a hard position to learn. And, uh, you know, it's, it's turned out pretty well for him. He's, you know, he's a top two, top four guy for, for just about any team in the NHL. I think nowadays. And, and my, my money is on him staying there for a while longer. Sure. So I mean, right now he's, he's just barely below, uh, Oh, he's just barely above Steve Rugin, but he's 
Fourth all-time in games played. He's got a while to go to the next guy. The next guy is Solani at 966. So it'll, it'll be, he'll have to be there for another uh, five years or so for him to, <laughs> to hit that list. But who is okay. your number, number eight. eight? Yeah, a guy who's fifth all-time in points for the Ducks, Steve Ruchin, like okay. you said, centered that incredible line of Solani and Korea for so long. Now, yeah, probably a lot of his success was due to playing between those two guys, but uh, you've got to be somewhat skilled to play with guys like that and so I, I I do think he does warrant a little 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 piece of heaven on the t- top ten list. So for me, he comes in at number eight. Okay, my number eight is Hampus Lindholm. Ooh, who is interesting. Uh, in my opinion, I think their best defenseman right now, as good as Cam Fowler is, I think Hampus Lindholm is their their number one defenseman. I I think that he's only going to continue to grow. Uh, he is he's what he's twenty. 26, I think. Six. Maybe maybe nice even younger. Five years old. So he's already almost played 500, 450 games in the league. He's you know, not even 25. So that's, uh, I think that he'll continue to move up this list too. 18th all time in, in scoring as a defenseman. He's the fourth most in Anaheim history. I think is continuing to get better as well. And uh, if this team sees any success, then, you know, Hampus Lindholm, I think, will be a big part of it. So. Okay. I approve. So number seven for me, Chris Pronger. Same. Yeah. Yep. Not not a lot of years with the Ducks. He played three seasons, but you could see it in, in Edmonton, the difference, the kind of difference a guy like that can make for a team, right? Went in with Edmonton and beat what were supposed to be the Stanley Cup favorite Detroit Red Wings in the first round. Yeah. The team that had won the Cup the year before. Right. right. And it took them within a, you know, I mean, they went to the Stanley Cup finals that year. And then, I guess, I guess. They won the cup a few years, before right? That, right. But yeah. I, yeah, but anyways, they Steve Eiserman's last game as a Red Wing. I still, I actually have a picture of him skating off the ice. And then, I was, uh, I was in this at my in college, and I was in this like room watching it with people, and mm-hmm. I was so happy. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't they? Did they win in overtime in Game Seven or something? Or was yeah, it, just, it was it was something crazy. But I Dwayne Rolison stood on his head too, yeah, and yeah. Uh, yeah, Chris Pronger was a big part of that. And then of course he goes to Anaheim, and you see that tandem of him and. Scott Niedermeyer just destroyed everybody defensively. They just they cleaned up. Yeah, and, he even uh, had in 0708, he had a in 72 games, he had 128 penalty minutes. Yeah. He was in the box a lot. Yeah, he uh, they he played that rough that rough style of hockey through a lot of elbows and uh, a lot of slashes, but um, yeah, so for me, he's a guy who led that team to a lot of success and was a big leader on that team even though he wasn't there for I mean, too I, long. I think we can say that the reason the Ducks won the cup, like without Pronger, do the Ducks win the cup that year? No, it's it's very unlikely, less likely. Uh, so yeah, I have I have him at number seven too. Who's okay. your number six? Six Corey Perry. Okay, yeah, I got Corey Perry a little bit higher on my okay. list. Okay, I, I wanted to put him a little bit higher, but um, boy, his last few seasons and then getting bought out by the team to me didn't speak volumes in terms of wanting i mean it just made it a lot harder to put him higher i mean granted yes he's third all time in points on this team he's number one in games played which is going to be eclipsed by gets left this season because yep. he's got four to go yeah um also but, second all time in goals yeah and i but to me i think cory perry yes very successful he and, does have a heart trophy to go with it most penalty minutes in the history <laughs> of the team 1110 wow the next highest Ryan Getzlaff at 830. The next highest in a third of the games, 
812 penalty minutes for George Barrows. I love the mustache. Six games. The mustache yeah, yeah, was fantastic. Yeah. He fought everybody, and I, yes. I loved watching him. I actually thought about putting him on this list just because of how exciting he was to watch for me. And my cousin and I remember we would play NHL, uh, you know, 08 or whatever, yeah. and we would just we would always hate playing the Ducks because Peros would just run you over yes. every single time in that game. But Corey Perry is uh, the only Duck to ever win a heart. He is. Very surprising. Um, yeah, but I, for me, watching him play a lot, and when he wasn't with Gitzlaff, you could see his production dip, and he just wasn't the same player. And maybe that's because, you know, those last, you know, three, four years, he slowed down a ton. But, you know, again, you can make the argument, you know, was really Getzlaff the reason he had so much success? So, I don't know. Same with Ruchin, I guess. Maybe my feeling was he just he wasn't as good of a player if he was on a line with someone else. Oh, also a winger. There's True. a few wingers that can dominate. Although, yeah, the guy's up on my list. Uh, you know, I have... So, at number six, I actually have Paul Correa. I was surprised at how low I put him. Yeah, I am too, actually. Now, in terms of talent, Paul Correa versus Corey Perry, I think it's Paul Correa is the better player. But who's the better Anaheim Duck? It's I think I have Corey Perry ahead of him on this list because I mean, yes, really in three hundred and sixty less games or three hundred and eighty less games, Korea only had really a hundred less points. Uh, but Corey Perry, I think I mean he won, he won the cup with the Ducks. Uh, Korea didn't. Korea had a little bit shorter of a career with the Ducks. Decided to leave. It was his choice to leave. Uh, so, you know, with that, I just, I felt like he needed to be a little bit higher. And Corey Perry had a, I mean, that year that they won the cup, 15 points, which essentially was his, I mean, it was his second year in the league, putting up 15 points in the playoffs. Uh, pretty solid for him. So I have him higher, Paul Correa. I, it hurts to put him at six. <laughs> yeah, it hurts me to, to listen to you say that. But, you know, just... Also, like consider the fact that Corey Perry was a totally different type of player. Like Paul Correa was a little water bug, right? Like he's just going everywhere. And honestly, when I think of Paul Correa on the Ducks, I do think of some of the you know the great things that he did. Like the guy just had an IQ higher than everyone on the ice. But where does my mind go? Scott Stevens freaking ending him. Oh, I know. I remember that vicious and him hit. just just a little like. He, he looked like, like if you've ever squished a bug before and then the bug tries to crawl away and it like doesn't, it's like has a broken wing. So it keeps on like kind of moving up and then smashes back into the ground. That's what it looked like. That's what I think of. And unfortunately, his career was hampered by some of those concussions and it maybe would have been even better. Uh, I mean, Paul Correa, in terms of, I put him on a higher list of best players ever. He'd be ahead of Corey Perry because just the one goal, 2002, on a line with Mario Lemieux and uh, Paul Correa gets that pass where Lemieux lets the puck go in between his legs in the goal in the gold medal game, and Paul Correa is on the other side oh, of him geez. and puts it in. Do you remember that goal? I do. That's that's like an insane goal. Like you go back and watch that. Just go and go look up. You know, Paul Correa gold medal goal. That goal was insane. Uh, so you're number five. Number five for me, yeah, Paul Korea. Okay, so yeah. not that much higher. No, no, way. not that. Much. The reason I you said it hurt. I know, I know. It it, it hurt. Well, you had one spot <laughs> higher. 
I just wanted to f with you. Anyways, uh, yeah, the only reason I, I I looked at a lot of lists and he was a lot higher on people's list, but when I go back and I roll the playoff production, it just wasn't there for me. Yeah, he literally never he had more he than just didn't have the team. No, they, when they he made didn't, the playoffs, a lot of times they were. I mean, I but they played the Wings a couple times in the late nineties. They did upset them once. And yeah, I, did they upset them? Oh, oh they well, upset. No, well, in two thousand and and three, they upset them. Right. But in the 90s, they didn't. No, no not they at all. Played them, they played them at least once. I think they took them to six games, and they kind of they made a run of it, but the Red Wings were... I mean, I think... Red Wings were the Red Wings. Yeah, the Red yeah. Wings. Yeah. 99, I think they played the Red Wings. So look that up. But yeah, just that, that lack of success in the playoffs, I think. Let me... I want to pull up the number. It makes it less. It makes him have a less memorable career. It does. His first season, you know, at 22, 13 points in 11 games, great. After that, nowhere to be found. I mean, he had 12 points in those 21 games and an 0-3 run. Maybe you get a little bit more production. I'm grant. I know the the head injury. Well, against also, New Jersey, but also remember that in the finals you're playing the New Jersey Devils, who right. are like those games were two to one, one to two nothing, one, one nothing. Sure. Yeah, I think the game seven was three nothing. Like they couldn't score. No, absolutely they not. But score. and that's why they they ultimately lost. And I think you know after that you just. It, they really didn't have much playoff success. Well, actually, they didn't have any playoff success with him because he never made the playoffs again as a duck. So, well, my number five is a guy who uh, has one of two Conn Smythe trophies for the Anaheim Ducks. Ooh, and is the one who won it in, in two thousand and three, Jean Sebastian Jaguer. Wait, did you say one of two Conn Smythes? Yeah. Okay. No, I was I, the way the way you said it. I just made it. You made it sound like Jaguer's got two consmite trophies. No, no, he has one of two for <laughs> okay. the Ducks. Right. I just had to clarify that in who case. Who won it in two thousand seven? Was it Pronger or Niedermeyer? Niedermeyer. Niedermeyer. Yeah. It was Niedermeyer. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, John Sebastian Jaguer just un, unreal in terms of uh, this. It was almost like people knew about him. You know, people knew that he was a good goalie, and then you know, I. Granted, I do think that that particular run, he just happened to get like have one of those Jose Theodore kind of moments where he just went outside himself and and went crazy. He all, I mean, he also was their goaltender in uh, two thousand and seven, uh, won the cup there too. So obviously had another good run as well. One eighty two save or uh, one sixty no one ninety seven in that year for his save percentage. But yeah, yeah. the year he won the Conn Smythe, he won 15 games, a 946 save percentage. Just unreal. Just unbelievable what, what he was able to do. Uh, but also had a really nice career. I mean, he has the most wins all time for Ducks goaltenders. He has uh, 206 wins in 447 games. So uh, no one's touching that for a little bit. I think Jod Gibson had, definitely has a shot to, uh, to climb this list pretty fast. Uh, but yeah, Jean-Sebastien Jaguer, just based off that one run, would, was unreal. Would like, is going to be on this list. Even if he had done nothing else for the Ducks, that one run, that that's it. Absolutely. But he's number five on my list because, uh, yeah, there's some players ahead of him. Okay, fair enough. Number four. My number four is Corey Perry. We've Ooh. already been yeah. through that. Yeah, right we've been so through that. So you go ahead and give your number four. Number four is Scott Niedemeyer. Okay, he's my number three. Okay, yeah. yeah. I've got J.S. Jaguar as number three. Okay, all right. Yeah. So we just have a couple guys mixed around. Uh, yeah, putting uh, Niedermeyer there. Why? Well, um, ahead, ahead of or below Jean Sebastian Jaguer. Yeah, I think it, it came down to one. Yeah, there was success when Niedermeyer was there, but um, he was only there for four years. Came in the first year, won a cup, 
And then, you know, had a, had a few decent seasons after that, and that was pretty much it. You know, where Jaguar was there through, you know, some of the rougher years, he was there through some of the good years. He he carried this team on his back, obviously, in 03, um, and played pretty darn good, I mean, in 07 when they actually won the thing. And so I guess seeing more of him as a duck uh, for me just was like, okay, great. I, I think this guy deserves just the nod over Scott Niedemeyer, even though during his four years, Scott Niedemeyer was great. He was a fantastic leader. Fantastic player for this team, and I, I, I don't think, you know, without making that transition in the Getz life, I think this team would have been lost after he left, for sure. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so, your number two, then, I'm going to guess is Ryan Getzlaff. No. Ilya Bruskalov. What? I'm just kidding. Oh, why, <laughs> did, I, why, why did I just believe you for a second? That's... That's funny that Chris I Golov should make nobody's <laughs> list. Not Phillies, not I mean nobody's. Craziest Just, people to ever play for the Ducks. Okay, yes, yeah, sure. gets to the top of the list. He's number 1 on any team's list. Yes. Absolutely. Unreal. Yeah, gets left number 2 for me. Most likely to believe that uh, President Trump is actually a lizard. <laughs> a lizard people. Have you ever seen the lizard people conspiracy theory? God no. Go look up the the lizard people. I can't even it's with that. Fantastic. That's too much. <laughs> um, yeah, Ryan gets life number two, puts Team Muslani at number one. Clearly. And I, I think if Ryan gets life, finds a way, like leads this team to something before all is said and done, there is a way that he can jump Team Muslani. That's yeah? fair. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's fair to say. Um, again, he's got to have more continued success, I think. Ryan Getzlaff has been one of the more consistent ducks over the last decade. That I've, I mean, just watching the guy, he's just he shows up all the time. Granted, his last few seasons, maybe he's he's dealt with a little bit more injuries than normal. Well, and uh, he also just doesn't score the goals. No, like, he doesn't. Granted, he still is fourth all time in goals, but 261 goals in 984 games. He, uh, you know, to me, he in is terms a, of goals per game. He's at. Uh, He's, he's pretty low down on the, the list, you know? Yeah, he's not a goal scorer, but I mean, granted, neither is Joe Thornton, but we, we talk about Jumbo Joe as if he's, you know, one of the greatest ever. I mean, one of the greatest passers ever, and I think... He's I 20th think, all-time goals per game. That's... Wow, okay. Yeah, I think Getzlaff is probably the end of that power forward type, you know, centerman, uh, that big body guy that goes and plays hard. And, yeah, yeah, but like Jack Eichel's probably the next closest in terms of like... This. Well, there you go. Which that's not really, a, it's not much of a power. No, but that's you know a big guy who who can use his body to shield the puck. I think is more like Austin Matthews uses his body to shield the puck. Not a power forward, but maybe the game's power forward. Sure, the the, the new game. game's yes. power forward. Yes, absolutely. So, yeah, Solani top all times in points for this team. He he did get the ring, which was just fantastic to watch. I was happy for him when he did get that, um, and I'd I'd love to hear a little bit more. I know you you did some looking up about the trade from from the Jets to going and over to the Getz Ducks. Also had the ring too. You know, well, I know he had that. seventeen he points did. in twenty one games. Had a good playoff. He did, um, but yeah. So okay, so Timus Lani, you know this this sparked me to go. All right, how in the world did the Ducks just end up with Timus Lani? Like I couldn't. I, I was only maybe like eight years old. I think when he got traded. Yeah, it would be like, so, I mean, it would be like if, I mean, I don't know how, who to maybe to compare him to today, but you could say like. Uh, like if Mitch Marner leaves. Okay, Ron, yeah, sure. You know, you're yeah, perfect. So, I mean, obviously, but the difference is 92-93 comes in the league, puts up 76 goals, has 132 points. He breaks the, the, the previous rookie goal record was 52 goals. Just smashes it. And has 76. 
Yeah, best uh, Selly ever. Tied for the league lead in goals right. <laughs> with McGillney, uh, but then then set the rookie record for points as well, 132. The following year, he actually tears his Achilles, and I mean he still puts up you know 20 puts up 25 goals. Uh, then there's the lockout, puts up 22 goals in 45 games. 95 96 comes. He's got 72 points at the time that they trade him in 51 games. Nothing to shake your so, head at. No, not, nothing at all. When we're seeing a league that now, goal scoring is going down. Remember, this is 95 96. The Jets. Which, where do the Jets go at the end of the 95 96 season? To the desert. They go to the desert. Yeah. They go and they become the Phoenix Coyotes. So, because this, the reason they trade him is actually because of a different scenario, something else that happened. Keith Kachuk was also on the on the Winnipeg Jets. He was, yeah. And all year long, he kept saying he did not want to re-sign with the with the Jets. So he's a restricted free agent. And Keith Kachuk is Keith Kachuk. Okay, is a restricted free agent. So he other teams had given him offer sheets. But he didn't want to sign them because he was afraid that the the Jets would match, and then he'd be forced to play for the Jets for a year, right? Like just like what right. happened to Ryan O'Reilly late, uh, years later. So Keith Kachuk actually accepts an offer sheet from the Chicago Blackhawks that is set to give him, uh, you know, some some overpayment of, as in terms of what they saw as an overpayment for him uh, for a guy who. He he scored thirty goals his first three years in the league, <laughs> so it wasn't an overpayment. But sure. it was going to pay him six million dollars in signing bonus, and they didn't think that the Jets could afford it. Right, they knew much the like Carolina Montreal yep. situation. Yeah, differences. The Jets weren't owned by a billionaire, right? <laughs> but they matched it, and because they matched it, the new owner, the guy who was going to take over in Phoenix said, we're only going to keep one superstar. And they felt like Keith Kachuk as the American was an easier guy to market than Solani as the Finnish player. Interesting. And so they decided to trade Solani. Now they trade Solani. Here's the deal. Chad Kilger and Oleg Tevardovsky and a third round pick for Timu Solani and a, a couple of... Like a and a fourth, fourth round pick. pick. Yeah. There's, there's one other guy in there who... Inconsequential. Uh Needless to say, you go, holy smokes, the the Jets slash Coyotes got absolutely destroyed. Now, second overall draft pick, Tevardovsky, fourth overall pick, Chad Kilger, and a third round pick for Solani. And you so basically go, two first and a third. Think about right now, if you traded a second overall pick, a fourth overall pick, guys that are both like one guy was 20 and one other guy was 19. And a third round pick for anyone. Like that's outside of a couple guys, that's a pretty darn good deal. And at the time, a lot of people thought that the Ducks got ripped off. And Interesting. That the Jets had a steal of a deal because Oleg Tevardovsky was actually thought of to be the Russian Bobby Orr. That's what they were calling him. The Russian Bobby Orr. And uh, and Chad Kilger was seen as like the the prototypical power forward. He was going to be the reason why the Jets were willing to get rid of him was because they had Keith Kachuk. So they yeah. didn't need Chad Kilger. So well, they, think about they it in, in these terms, right? Uh two two drafts ago, Andres Sveshnikov and Brady Kachuk for Mitch Marner. 
and a third round. I mean, in a third round pick, would you essentially do that as the Leafs? You know, I mean, be- yeah, as the Leafs, you'd be like, yeah, okay, yeah. So, but I, I also think, I mean, you go back and you look at some of these drafts, and you're like, why did you take him at third overall? Like that guy didn't <laughs> end up being anything. Uh, whereas now there's a lot fewer busts. I think there's just better, no better scouting, better now. scouting. Yeah, also teams are investing money in better that training. Absolutely. Like, guys aren't falling off the way that maybe they used to. And, and also I think there's better, maybe better accountability for guys. I think they know some of these guys can't be left to their own devices or they'll, <laughs> right. they'll die oh, or geez. become Alexander Dake and want to become an actor halfway through. Oh boy. So yeah, that's so Timo Solani. That's how we got dealt to the Ducks. Little history lesson for Basically you. Basically, a uh, well, and they and and a lot of people thought that his his he lost his speed when he tore his Achilles, and that he was damaged goods. Well, I mean, you did see the production slip off. I mean, in terms of one thirty two down to you know a seventy point guy. Sure, yeah. There's reason to think yeah, is he, this guy ever going to get back up to that? Yeah. Well, I mean, so. fifty one games, he had seventy two points. Right. And Freaking 24 good. goals. So he ended up with 40 goals and 108 points that year. The next year, he has 109 points. Next year, 86, then 107. Like, we're talking in the years where goal scoring was was down. Right. I mean, and this guy was still still cleaning up. And it's the crazy thing is that, you know, he eventually goes to the Sharks. He kind of has some weird years. And then it was later in his career, like the year they went, they won the Cup in the regular season, he had 94 points. Like, the last in the fourth year as of, a thirty-six-year-old, fourth the last <laughs> year in in uh, in the league, he had eighty points in two thousand ten, eleven. Yeah, that's when you know your hockey IQ is just so good. Yeah, you don't need to have speed. 16, 16 power play goals that year. <laughs> One in oh six oh seven, he had twenty-five power play goals. That's unheard of. He's I'm sure he's he's uh, pretty high on all time power play goals he had actually two years where he's had 25 and another year where he had 24 power play goals so he's got to be up there with dave Anderchuk, all-time leader in power play goals wow uh, all right wonderful vetchkin will, check, will catch him all right uh next next show top 10 washington capitals because i just brought out up alexander ovechkin so speaking top 10 of Ale- capitals uh, to answer your question we were curious about when's the last time a guy had 30 points in a playoff uh-huh. uh Kuznetsov did it when the Caps won. So. Oh, all right. There you go. Uh, so all-time Caps next, and the other team is? Ooh, good question. Uh, so let's stick in the West then. How about we do uh, National? No, wait, we already did National, did Predators. National Predators. I don't know why I said that. Um, boy, TikTok, TikTok. Why don't we St. do? St. Louis Blues? Okay, done. Two last teams to win the Cup. Yeah, sure. Let's do it. The Blues let's and the Washington it. Capitals. Hit us up on Twitter. Let us know what you thought of our list. And... Uh, Yeah, we'll we'll talk to you guys very soon. Enjoy.